Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Ram Gold. All right, and today Mosech is Nadarim Daf Chav Zayin, the third parak Arba Nadarim. So the three topics we're going to focus on: number one, the Gemara records an incident in which a litigant had handed over to Basin documents supporting his rights to another's property, and said that if he would not return within thirty days, his documents should be void. In the end, he was unable to come due to circumstances beyond his control. Rav Huna ruled his documents void. Rav challenged him, Anusu va'anus patre. He's forced, meaning faultless, and the Torah quits one who's forced as we find the law of a violated arusa that the Pasuk states, and to the girl you shall do nothing. Therefore, the stipulation should not be deemed fulfilled and his documents should not be void. Rav continued that if you'll suggest that the Torah was only lenient with a compelled person regarding the death penalty but not elsewhere, this can be disproven from our mission which states Nidre Onasim what are cases of force in the Dharm Hediru Chavir Oshi Yocho Eitzvah one vowed against his friend that he should eat with him Vachalhu Oshachal Beno Oshik Vunar and he or his son became ill or he was delayed by a river and unable to attend Hari Eo Nidre Onasim these are force in the Dharm and are invalid this proves that for all matters a condition is not considered fulfilled when done against his will Point number two, the Gemara questions Rubba's position from a Mishnah, in which one gives a get to his wife on condition that he does not return within 12 months, and he died in the interim, and the get is valid. According to Rubba, why do we not say his condition to not return was fulfilled unwillingly? The Gemara answers, Had he known he would die, he would have given a get immediately, unconditionally. The Ron explains that it's presumed that he gave her this get to prevent her from falling to Yibum. The Gemara continues by asking from an incident of a get given on a condition that he does not return within 30 days, but ultimately was unable to cross the river and called out from the opposite side, Chazudasai, see that I have come. Shmuel ruled that the get was valid despite his inability to return in time. The Gemara answers, Perhaps an apparent, meaning predictable constraint is different, and the lack of a fairy is an apparent constraint. Since he was aware of this possibility, he should have excluded this circumstance from his condition. And pointing with you, the Gemara wonders how the litigant's documents become void based on his prior commitment to forfeit them if he fails to return. This is an asmachta, a commitment based on an assumption that the terms will never be fulfilled, and an asmachta is not binding. After the first answer is rejected, the Gemara explains instead, Here it's different because he said his documents should be invalid. The run explains in a second explanation that in the case of supporting documents, he had not committed himself to surrendering the property. Rather, he was admitting that if he did not return to Basin in time, the proofs he intended to use to claim his property were in fact false, for which even a smachta level agreement is sufficient. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara records an incident in which a litigant had handed over to Basin documents supporting his rights to another's property and said that if he would not return within 30 days, his documents should be void. In the end, he was unable to come due to circumstances beyond his control. Rav Huna ruled his documents void. Rav challenged him, Anusu va'anus rechman patre. He's forced, meaning faultless, and the Torah quits one who's forced as we find the law of a violated arusa that the Pasuk states, Ulanaro lotasadavar, and to the girl you shall do nothing. Therefore, the stipulation should not be deemed fulfilled and his documents should not be void. Rav continued that if you'll suggest that the Torah was only lenient with a compelled person regarding the death penalty but not elsewhere, this can be disproven from our mission which states, Nidre Onasim, what are cases of force in the Dharm? Hediru Chavir Oshi Yocho Eitzvah, one vowed against his friend that he should eat with him, Vachalhu Oshachal Beno Oshik Vunar, and he or his son became ill, or he was delayed by a river and unable to attend, Hari Eo Nidre Onasim, these are force in the Dharm and are invalid. This proves that for all matters, a condition is not considered fulfilled when done against his will. 
Pointing to the Gemara questions Rubba's position from a Mishnah, in which one gives a get to his wife on condition that he does not return within 12 months, and he died in the interim, and the get is valid. According to Rubba, why do we not say his condition to not return was fulfilled unwillingly? The Gemara answers, Had he known he would die, he would have given a get immediately, unconditionally. The Ron explains that it's presumed that he gave her this get to prevent her from falling to Yibum. The Gemara continues by asking from an incident of a get given on a condition that he does not return within 30 days, but ultimately was unable to cross the river and called out from the opposite side, Chazudasai, see that I have come. Shmuel ruled that the get was valid despite his inability to return in time. The Gemara answers, Perhaps an apparent, meaning predictable constraint is different, and the lack of a fairy is an apparent constraint. Since he was aware of this possibility, he should have excluded this circumstance from his condition. And pointing with you, the Gemara wonders how the litigant's documents become void based on his prior commitment to forfeit them if he fails to return. This is an asmachta, a commitment based on an assumption that the terms will never be fulfilled, and an asmachta is not binding. After the first answer is rejected, the Gemara explains instead, Here it's different because he said his documents should be invalid. The run explains in a second explanation that in the case of supporting documents, he had not committed himself to surrendering the property. Rather, he was admitting that if he did not return to Basin in time, the proofs he intended to use to claim his property were in fact false, for which even a smachta level agreement is sufficient. Alright, so now we go to Simudav Chavzain, and a standard simon is a kazoo, which is a musical toy instrument children blow into that makes a buzzing sound. So kazoo is a simon. So here goes. The kazoo teacher who gave based in documents supporting his claim, he owned the kazoo music school on condition they would be void if he didn't return in 30 days, blew into a kazoo with all his might when he got stuck in the opposite side of a river to indicate, see, I have come but ultimately lost his case because his documents were false. And here, an asmachta is sufficient. Once again, it's slow motion. The kazoo teacher, kazoo, that must be learned off Chavzayan. The kazoo teacher who gave based in documents supporting his claim he owned the kazoo music school on condition they would be void if he didn't return in 30 days, which reminds us, the Gemara records an incident in which a litigant had handed over to based in documents supporting his rights to another's property and said that if he didn't return within 30 days, his documents should be void. In the end, he was unable to come due to circumstances beyond his control. Rav Huna ruled his documents void, and Rav challenged him. He's forced, meaning faultless. And the Torah quits one who's forced, as we find by the love of violated Arusa. The Pazic states, And to the girl you should do nothing. Therefore, the stipulation should not be deemed fulfilled, and his documents should not be void. So the kazoo teacher who gave based in documents supporting his claim he owned the kazoo music school on condition they would be void if he didn't return in 30 days, ballooned his kazoo with all his might when he got stuck on the opposite side of a river to indicate, see, I have come, which reminds us, the Gemara asked him rub his position from an incident of a get given on a condition that he does not return within 30 days, but ultimately was unable to cross the river and called out from the opposite side, kazoo da asai, see, that I have come. Shmuel ruled that the get was valid despite his inability to return in time. The Gemara answers that perhaps in an apparent, meaning predictable constraint is different, and the lack of a fairy is an apparent constraint. Since he was aware of this possibility, he should have excluded the circumstance from his condition. So the kazoo teacher who gave based in documents supporting his claim he owned the kazoo music school on condition they would be void if he didn't return in 30 days, blew into his kazoo with all his might when he got stuck in the opposite side of the river to indicate, see, I have come. 
But ultimately, he lost his case because his documents were false. And here in Asmachta is sufficient, which reminds us the Gemara one is how the litigant's documents become void based on his prior commitment to forfeit them if he fails to return. Asmachta he. But Asmachta will kanya. This is an Asmachta, a commitment based on an assumption that the terms will never be fulfilled, and an Asmachta is not binding. The Gemara explains instead that here it's different because he said his documents should be invalid. The Ron explains he was admitting that if he didn't return to Bayston in time, the proofs he intended to use to claim his property were in fact false, for which even an Asmachta level agreement is sufficient. So once again, the Kazoo teacher who gave Bayston documents supporting his claim he owned the Kazoo Music School on condition they would be void if he didn't return in 30 days, blew into his Kazoo with all his might when he got stuck on the opposite side of a river to indicate, see I have come. But ultimately lost his case because his documents were false. And here in Asmachta is sufficient. Alright, now it's time to go to our four blabach hazara. Daf chaf gimel. So the similar daf chaf gimel is kugelach. So here goes. The kugelach champ. Kugelach. That must be more daf chaf gimel. The kugelach champ who found a pesach to his netter, forbidding his holding the kugelach pieces when he saw how frustrated the rabbis were in trying to find him a pesach, which reminds us when Rabbi Shimbar Rebbe saw how pained the rabbis were going back and forth between the sun and the shade, Trying to find a valid opening for his netter, he conceived that he would not have made the netter had he known it would cause him this frustration, and that itself became his Pesach. So the Kugelach champ, who found a Pesach to his netter, forbidding his holding the Kugelach pieces, when he saw how frustrated the rabbis were in trying to find him a Pesach, was surprised to see his mother make the pilgrimage to the championship game, given his father's netter forbidding her to come, which reminds us, the Gemara quotes a Bryce which states that there was a story with a man who made a netter forbidding his wife from going on a pilgrimage, and she transgressed his will and went on the pilgrimage, and when Rabbi asked him if he would have made the netter if he would have known, she would disobey him, and he responded, no, Rabbi Yossi annulled the netter. So the Kugelach champ who found a Pesach to his netter forbidding his holding the Kugelach pieces when he saw how frustrated the rabbis were in trying to find him a Pesach was surprised to see his mother make the pilgrimage to the championship game given his father's netter forbidding her to come and decided next to Shoshani he'll declare all the darm he makes should be null, which reminds us. The Gemara says that the next Mishnah is missing text and should read, One who wants all his Nadarim to be ineffective the whole year, should stand on Rosh Hashanah and say, Every Nadar I will make should be null. So the similar Dav Chav is a pitcher. So here goes. The man with a pitcher, pitcher, that must be Dav Chav Dawd, Kad. The man with the picture printed with the words, I'm not a dog, who had told his friend, Konami will not benefit from you unless you come and take these pictures of wine for your son. Which reminds us, the Gemara quotes a mission which states, if a person said, Konami, that I will not benefit from you. If you do not take for your son a core of wheat or two barrels of wine, then the netter is invalid. Because his friend can say, did you not say this merely for my honor? This itself is my honor to decline your offer. The Gemara explains that in this case, all would agree that the netter was made in seriousness because the vower would say, I'm not a dog that should benefit from you and you do not benefit from me. So the man with the picture printed with the words, I'm not a dog, who had told his friend, Konami will not benefit from you unless you come and take these pictures of wine for your son, was surprised to hear his friend claim he was delayed traveling through a treacherous jungle. Which reminds us, the mission states, what is the case of Nidri Unasim, forced Nadarim, if one made a netter against his friend that he should eat with him? and he or his son became ill, or he was delayed by a river, then the netter is invalid since the condition was not fulfilled because of circumstances beyond his control. So the man with a picture printed with the words, I'm not a dog, who had told his friend, Konama will not benefit from you unless you come and take these pictures of wine for your son, was surprised to hear his friend claim he was delayed traveling through a treacherous jungle, who then said, Konama, if I was not stuck behind a snake, 
like the beam of an all press, which reminds us the next mission of states, Nidre Havai, what are cases on the Dharm of exaggeration? If he says, if I did not see on this road like the multitudes leaving Mitzrayim, or if I did not see a snake like the beam of an all press. The run notes that these are two distinct cases. In the first, he's exaggerating the truth. They saw many people. In the second, his statement is patently false. Daf Chafhei. So the similar Daf Chafhei is a silver wedding anniversary. So here goes. When the deceitful borrower gave his shocked wife his hollow cane, filled with coins as a gift for their 25th anniversary, 25th anniversary? That must be more Daf Chafhei. When the deceitful borrower gave his shocked wife his hall cane filled with coins as a gift for their 25th anniversary, which reminds us of Bryce Tal that when a person swears in basin, he's told, know that you're not swearing according to some condition in your mind, rather according to our and the court's understanding. This was meant to preclude trickery, like the incident of the cane of Rava. A borrower who needed to swear to have paid filled a hollow cane with coins and handed to the unsuspecting lender at the time of his Shavua and was thereby able to truthfully swear that he had given coins to the lender. The furious lender smashed the cane and the coins spilled out, showing how he had technically sworn truthfully. So when the deceitful borrower gave a shocked wife his hollow cane with filled with coins as a gift for the 25th anniversary, she made him swear to accept the Torah and be honest based on her intent, not his, which reminds us, when Kaiso swore to accept the Torah in Arba's mode, Moshe Rabbeinu Warned them, Know that I'm not having you swear according to your own intent, rather according to my intent and Hashem's intent. So when the deceitful borrower gave his shocked wife his hollow cane filled with coins as a gift for their 25th anniversary, she made him swear to accept the Torah and be honest based on her intent, not his, and promised to never make another netter forbidding food to a group of people since his last one unknowingly included his father and brother, which reminds us in the next Mishnah's list in the case of Nidre Shkago's unintentional Nadarim, it states, if a person saw people eating his figs and he said, they're forbidden like a carbon to you, and they were found to be his father and brothers, against we would not have made the netter, and others who were with them, Beisham may say that although the figs are permitted to his relatives, they are forbidden to the others. Beisham disagree and say they are permitted to everyone since the netter was partially void regarding his father and brothers. And we learn in another mission that Bekiva came and taught, a nether that is nullified in part is nullified in its entirety. is a military coup. So here goes. The leader of the military coup, military coup, that must be learned Chavav. The leader of the military coup who made a netter forbidding his captives of extra helpings of dinner before realizing his father was taken as part of the group, which reminds us, Rabbi says, Beishamah and Beishamah argue in a case where one said, had I known my father's among you, I would have said, all of you are forbidden except my father. In this case, the netter remains the same as the original and the vower stating that he never intended that his father be included in the netter. Beishamah holds like Rabbi Meir, who says elsewhere, Tafuz Lashem Rishon, grasp the first phrase, mean give primacy to the first phrase used. Basil hold like Rabbi Yossi and say, A person is always held by the end of his words. Therefore, the final netter, which adds the exception of his father, is different than his original netter, and is thus a partially voided netter, which is completely void. So, the leader of the military coup who made a netter forbidding his captives of extra helpings of dinner before realizing his father was taken as part of the group changed his formulation and said, this one shall be forbidden, and this one shall be forbidden like this one, which reminds us where Papa challenged Rubba from the following mission, which said, if one says, that I will not benefit from him and him, if the first became permitted, they are all permitted, but if the last became permitted, he is permitted and the rest are forbidden. 
Rabbi interprets the case as speaking of Kagon Shetran Zebazeh, a case in which he made each dependent on the next, where he said, this one shall be forbidden like this one, and this one like this one. Therefore, when the first is nullified, they are all permitted. When the last is nullified, the rest remain forbidden. So the leader of the military coup who made a netter forbidding his captives of extra helpings of dinner before realizing his father was taken as part of the group changed his formulation and said, this one shall be forbidden and this one shall be forbidden like this one and then proceeded to give them kufri onions which are good for the heart, which reminds us, the more challenges rubber from a price which states, if one said, konum onions for my tasting because onions are bad for the heart, and they said to him, Bahaloha Kufri Yafalalev, isn't the Kufri onion good for the heart? Remember taught in this brisa that since the Kufri onion is permitted, all varieties are. The Gamor presumes the cases where he subsequently said that had he known the truth, he would have said, All onions shall be forbidden, but the Kufri is permitted. Rather taught that such a case was the Malchogas in which Beishamay held like Rabbi Mir to forbid the remainder of the netter. Yet here, Rabbi Mir permits other varieties. Rabbi answers the cases where he named specific varieties to prohibit and permitted the Kufri onions. Since he changed the formulation of the netter, it's to be entirely nullified according to all opinions. All right, so now it's time to conclude their pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one. Which definitely an example of Nidre Havai exaggerating the Dharm is when one said Konum, if I did not see a snake like the beam of an all press. That's on Duff. Good. Number two. Which of the one that indicates when one said this one shall be forbidden like this one and this one like this one when the last is nullified the rest remain forbidden. That's on Dav. Good. Number three. Which of the one that works on the level when a person not coming to base him within the prescribed time is in admission the documents he handed over were false. That's on Dav. Good. Number four. Which of the one the basin makes someone swear according to the court's understanding to avoid trickery like the incident with the cane of Rava? That's on Duff. Good number five. Which after we discuss a case when one said Konam onions for my tasting because the onions are bad for the heart and was told, isn't the Kufri onion good for the heart? That's on Duff. Good number six. Wish up the one that when Rabbi Shimba Rebbe saw how pain the rabbis were in not being able to find a Pesach for his nether, that became the basis of the Pesach. That's on Dav. Chav Gimel. Good number seven. Wish up the one when one gets angry, all types of Gehenim rule over him. That's on Dav. Chabes. Good number eight. Which step do we discuss a case where a person gave a get on condition he doesn't return within 30 days and then gets stuck on the other side of the river and yells, Here I have come. That's on Dav. Chavzain. Good number nine. Which stuff do we discuss? Rava's shot, the Machokas Beisham Beisil, in the case where one man in there forbidding a group and discovered his father was part of the group. That's on Dav. Chavav. Good. And number 10. Which stuff do we discuss? Onus Rachmana Patre, in the case where someone handed over documents to Basin and said they should be void if he doesn't return within 30 days. That's on Dav. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Ramgol Nazir wishing you a great day and great learning.